Hey everybody, you're listening to So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. I'm Powders. Garrett Powders. Why are you James Bonding right because now? Because he's in this movie. Duh. Ah, that's lame. <laughs> this week on the show, we're talking about Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. We're three weeks into our uh, indie series, yeah, three yeah. weeks into season two. But this time, we got a we got a guest on the show for the first time. We got David Prock with us. That's me. Hey. hey! If you know us, you probably know him because we run in the same circles. We're inseparable. Kind of, in a way. Except uh, for like those two years where we were separate. <laughs> <laughs> David and I used to host a show called Center Stage on RSU Radio back in the day. You may have heard that. Oh, so long ago. So long ago. But you may have heard it. You And then you also hosted a show called Backroads on the on the station. Oh, so long ago. But, you, uh, but uh, more recently than, than Center Stage. True. You popped up on the Wayback Flashback that Garrett and I hosted from time to time. Yeah, we I were in the uh, background. didn't care that you guys were doing a show. That's right. That was the bit. That was the bit. And I would just come in and edit. And then uh, Andrew was also in the same building. <laughs> yeah, there I was. Because you didn't do any, you didn't do radio stuff, but you were also among. We, we were Andrew, on the same group. I don't even think we really knew Andrew at the point that we were at working at the radio. Station. I didn't know him till last week. <laughs> I didn't know any of you guys existed. You recorded forty-seven episodes. Yeah, in a, in a oh, week. I thought you were going to talk about his age. Oh, <laughs> well, he was our professor. <laughs> He was tenured. <laughs> well, he was real close to retirement too. I mean, let me tell you. Well, you all can go to hell. <laughs> this is my favorite. That's like the the if there's a catchphrase of the show, it's Andrew saying y'all can go to hell. So many sequels T-shirt will be. Well, you guys can go to hell. <laughs> That'd be a good one. Uh, so I, you know, I used to we used to be in uh, theater in college, true, and yeah. I actually. Uh, cast Andrew in my first play that I directed. That is true. And I don't even remember that. Person. Yeah, I cast you in... Uh, uh, the show will go on. The, the play must go on. The play must go on, even better. Yeah! And here we are now. So um, David's joining the show this week because... Why not? Uh, he's going to start... Well, great. Well, why not? Because I'm the <laughs> Indiana Jones... Well, that's why. The, the answer is why not? He's going to... Uh, you'll hear him... From time to time on the show, I think is the idea. We're going to see how things go. This is kind of a test episode. Oh, yeah. You're auditioning, it's kind of. Run. Well, I will be beloved. I have. I have, I have no that. doubt about it. Leave some comments. Everyone's going to tell us to go away and for him to do a solo yeah. show. Oh yeah, so many directors. You're going to be got plans. <laughs> you're going to be the spinoff. There you yeah. go. Um, you're going to be the sequel of so many sequels. Already, I'm already applying for trademarks. But you're also just like in general joining the team now. I think we're all gonna we're going to discuss some like other stuff you can do. Oh yeah. So, well, cause we've don't been, go anywhere. The, this room has been frequent collaborators over the yeah, years. Yeah, and we're just real. I don't know. We get we we get each other's uh, humor and sensibilities mm-hmm. pretty well. Mm-hmm. I don't have any humor. Really. That's that's, that's fair. Well, and I get that. I'm the straight man. I'm I'm the Keenan to your Kells. And I understand that. Keenan was a straight man in that show. Was he? Yeah. He was. was. I mean, to Kell, to Kell, yeah, he was the straight. Compared man. to, I mean, Kell. I mean, that's yeah. like a, he was. Keenan was the guy keeping the keeping right. the the plan on track. From it's Kel, like John C. Riley being putting the screw in the tuna. <laughs> <laughs> All that said, you're going to hear more from from David over the next uh, however long the show exists. Okay. I think. And hey, but before they hear from us, we want to hear from them because I want them to go vote for us. Oh yes. Oh right. We're still nominated. <laughs> they haven't pulled us yet. But no, not yet. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> We're still nominated for Best Podcast at the Tulsa Voices Best of Tulsa Awards. Yeah, yeah. We're super thrilled about that. Voting is open until February 28th. Pow. So go to thetulsavoice.com slash B-O-T to vote for us. Um, there's links to that all over our Facebook page because we've been doing stuff all month to get people to vote for us because we're shameless. <laughs> yeah. 
It's true. It is. No, we're not wrong. When are the results announced? Uh, at the uh, sometime in late March is when the awards will be announced. There's going to be a yeah. special issue. The 28th. 28th of February is the last day to vote. There's so many great things on the list. It's like an all-encompassing list. I, th- I want to say like 96 of the 99 questions are rating the best things in Tulsa, and the last two is like your name and email. Yeah. So best breakfast, best best park, best movie theater, all that stuff is on there. Go pick your favorite Tulsa things, and remember your favorite podcast is... So many sequels when you get to number 60. Yep. It is a really long list. I it is really long. It's yeah. exhaustive. But it's it, it's quick. You just click, 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 click. Oh, yeah. If you yeah. don't know what the best is... So many sequels. It actually... For now, for, for podcasts, it's so many sequels. Just right. For it. sure. For, you know, do not forget that. And by the way, I heard a little rumor. No. They heard I was coming on the show. That's why you came on. Oh, why maybe I, that's why they let us in. That's why we let you guys in. <laughs> <laughs> I just paid them off. Like, that's though. what I did. It's because like, of the fans. On the list. It's and I just begged. You got great yeah. fans. And, um, I just baked them cookies. Yeah, that's true. But uh, you can do what I do. They asked, where's the best place for a picnic? And I said, in a park. So it's very lenient on what lets you type in. You do not have to type in a real name. Wow. So maybe that's why a park wasn't uh, <laughs> wasn't one of the final nominees. It wasn't. I, it's probably going to be very specific. If this is what they want is specifics, but I could not think of a good place to picnic. So again, go vote for us. TheTulsaVoice.com slash BOT. All right, now let's jump into Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. This was for a long time the last Indiana Jones movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one stars Sean Connery as Indy's father. We got a nice little uh, father-son buddy comedy out of it. I'm I'm excited to talk about this one because it is a return to form from Raiders after Temple took a bit of a detour into the dark. <laughs> into the shit. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. There, too. So let's jump right into it. We'll go around the room and do a quick, like, first reactions to Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Andrew, go. Wonderful mix of humor, character building, and action. The writing is miles better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I loved everything about Henry Jones and his son. I think this is a great this is a great companion piece to Raiders of the Lost Ark. I agree, Garrett. First reactions. I liked it. David, first reactions. <laughs> first, first reactions. Uh, it's terrific. Yeah. It is, I, in my opinion, it's the best <clears throat> of the series. I you know I I think everybody kind of. Likes Raiders for the originality of mm. being first, but I love The Last Crusade for the amount of detail it adds to the, the canon, the backstory, and the, all the elements that uh, uh, you appreciate about Indiana Jones. Most of the most iconic lines come from this movie. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I can't disagree with that. I I really think it might be my favorite to watch as well. I, I think, like, I think for originality's sake, Raiders might be the best of them Mm -hmm. just because it started it. But I think I enjoy watching The Last Crusade more. It is the funniest one, for sure. Yeah. It goes back to being a a better adventure story, more upbeat adventure story. I love the buddy comedy aspect of Connery and Harrison Ford. And the Nazis are Indiana Jones's Darth Vader to compare it to Star Wars. Sure. They are the Lord Voldemort of, <laughs> of Indiana Jones and the world. And it's great to see him uh, fighting with his greatest adversary again. With his with his uh, somewhat incompetent father along the ride. 
So as a kid, I thought this this one was my least favorite, and I don't really know why. Um, I always just assumed I thought it was boring. But I don't again. I don't know why. I have no reason to understand why I thought that. I just did. Uh, again, this is the first time that I've seen these movies in a long time, and I would agree that I think that it has become my favorite. Again, last episode I talked about how when I was a kid, Temple was because that was mm-hmm. the first one that I saw. Um, but I think this one has has jumped the list. The chemistry between those two is great. Um, it, it's very long, and it does feel like it, but it doesn't take away my enjoyment of watching it. So it's not like a bad long. It's just like when they get to the tank scene, there's still like another half hour or yeah. something, and it's like, oh, this should be the end. Yeah. But it just goes for another half hour, and it's not a bad thing. It just definitely feels long. It doesn't let up. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't, doesn't let up. It doesn't, it doesn't let up. So there's not a there's there's not like a dull moment in the movie where you're just like, oh, okay. Yeah. And yeah. So um <clears throat> I will say that uh that this is this is probably my personal favorite of this bunch. And I think there's something kind of odd uh, not odd per se, but just uh just interesting to note that like it has the Star Trek effect to where every other movie is better. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that means Indy 5 should be really good, right? Fingers crossed. It's got the potential. It, wow. The math is working. Is yeah, working if, the trend, if that trend continues. I did not, I, that never occurred to me. They had yeah. to get to like 13 Star Trek movies before that, <laughs> that, 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 that started to fail. That's, that's true, because like when you think about Star Trek, Star Trek 2 is really good. Star Trek 4, which I, I uh, which is the... Uh, is that the Undiscovered Country? No, that's uh, that's the whale one, where they travel back in time. Oh, see, I like the whale one. Uh, I think the Voyage is, Home. Yeah, I think it is the... Yeah, the Voyage Home. Yeah, okay, there you go. Oh, Voyage Home is not good. Uh, I like Search for Spock though. People don't like that's, that. Movie, I, that but I like it. That's that's one of the. That's a good one. I like that one a lot. Well, like, the Last Crusade. Though. Yeah. yeah. So the trend okay. the right, trend right, exists. Right. We'll see if it keeps up when five comes out. Okay. But like uh, Last Crusade, no. There's just the writing is. I said this before. The writing is so much better. Uh, uh, all the characters are just well developed. There's a lot of great development here. Uh, especially with the interaction between Indy and his father. And you see that relationship kind of blossom towards, as it progresses. Um, my, uh, I will say this, that Nazi rally that was in the middle of it really kind of scared me a little bit because scared you. Yeah. Well, not scared me, but just like to think that that stuff actually happened Mm -hmm. like that. And to see it recreated like that and to see like Hitler in his, Hitler in his like an, like a, an imitation of him, I think to me anyway was just a little not unnerving, but just like whoa, you know they're actually they're actually doing that. It's not like watching a historical document, but right. that's good. That but that's just that's just me. Um, <clears throat> I hated, I loved the Italy scene, but I hated the rat scene. <laughs> but is that just because you hate rats? I do not like rats. <laughs> okay. So the scene was effective. The scene was extremely effective. The you movie like that part where she, that rats are in her hair. Hell oh, no! Yeah. Hell no! You shouldn't have much fear of that stuff. <laughs> True. He's bald. Surprise! Spoiler alert! You sound like a guy with a thick mane. <laughs> hey, some people got the sound. I liked 
<laughs> just the way that this one opened because the, we talked. Uh, I've looked at the opening much better than of, the second. Well, yeah, but it, it's it's what you expect from Indiana Jones. You, you look at the the comparisons of this one and the first one are, are obviously there. Yeah. You can look at it. And it's Nazis. It's a, a search for a religious being kind of a thing that they're all searching for. But <clears throat> this really sets a tone that the second one didn't. Like, yeah. the second oh, one yeah. sucked me out of the movie before I even got into it. Because the way, if I if I put myself in the time frame of when these movies were released, Indiana Jones came out, the first one, and it was like this high action, started off this mysterious way of like, who is this guy and what are they doing? They're on this adventure. That's great. And then the whole thing is just adventure, 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 fun. And then I go to the second one. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's going to be so good. And musical number. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> and then this one, you get to see an adventure, but it's young Indiana. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's kind of explaining some of the him and how he became the way he is. You see the smuggler who is dressed exactly like older Indiana Jones with a leather jacket and the fedora and the pants. I don't know. I don't the pants. Ca- I don't know if they're pants or jeans or the, whatever. With the khakis. The khakis, yeah. So they've got that. They try to explain why he's afraid of snakes, which I still argue that he should not have been afraid of snakes because he fell into a pit of snakes. Because if you look at that, the snakes didn't do anything. Most of the time, they helped him get away from people. Like, there was a couple of times where a snake would crawl out of him and, like, bite the other person. So he should be, like, a snake charmer. What about that giant anaconda? Uh, yeah, that I scared him, but, like, even then, it didn't do anything. It almost it, bit him in but, the... Yeah, but yeah. he was attacked by a lion and almost gored by a rhino, and he doesn't have a petrifying fear of lions. That's because he doesn't come across them all the time. He's I'm always saying, in a pit of snakes. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, it seems so like he should be like, snakes are my friend. They attack my enemies. Here's the thing. Right. Even if you go back to Raiders of the Lost Ark, it's not that, he ha- it's not that he's afraid of snakes. He hates them. I hate snakes. But he has no reason. They helped him. They hate them. They once hissed at them at him. Snakes hissing at him. I once got barked at by a dog. Scarred me for eighteen That's years. True. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I know that story. Yeah. Uh, on that note, I wanted to say um, the opening of Last Crusade, I think, is a better, is a much more effective prequel than the entirety of Temple of Doom. Okay. Which is a Learn more about Indy. We talked last week about how Temple of Doom is a prequel where we really don't get any insight into Indy's past. Yeah. But just the first opening of in, of Last Crusade, where he's uh, portrayed by a young River Phoenix. Um, we see the guy, the lead adventurer, who clearly, you know, like you said, gets his look from the hat and the, the leather jacket and all that. And we see him get his thirst for um, not only finding these objects, but making sure they get their proper home in a museum. Yeah. Yep. Which he is always wanting. And it sets up the relationship between his father yeah. and him, which you learn more about throughout the movie. So it's they, like they, a prequel and continuation. They did all that in a prologue yep. better than the entirety of Temple of Doom. Yeah. It's fantastic. It is... Uh, it, 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 it has a certain a certain quality of like that, that opening sequence with River Phoenix on with his Boy Scout troop. He's just doing some general exploring. Runs across an adventure. It's exactly what every little kid kind of wa- wants. Yeah, yep. It's probably happen, what every you know. kid thinks Boy Scouts will be. Exactly. You know, they think, hey, you know, there's something great out there, and like I can go find it. I just gotta, you know, learn how to ride a horse or something, right? <laughs> so you uh, it. it, it it immediately puts you right into kind of like a book feeling, uh, you know, those old storybooks that you would, you know, like uh, Hardy Boys or something yeah. you'd read growing up, and you're like, oh man, this is so great, there's a mystery going on here, who are these guys, what did they find, 
you know. And Indy, even as a kid, and, and this is kind of, like, you get this base, as a relationship with his father is kind of explored, you're like, okay, this is why he's a smart kid, because, you know, look like his dad made him go through these kind of things. He recognizes the artifact immediately. He knows what should be done. He's very, already self-reliant, which gets brought up later by his dad in the movie, already really self-reliant at a very young age, and takes the initiative of, like, I'm going to take this thing, I'm going to get it back. And then he's immediately, re- like, greeted with, like, reality. Yeah. Like, you know, like, oh, yeah, no, you didn't save the day, kid. These ki- these guys win anyway. Yeah. So, he imme- so, and it becomes sort of, like, his obsession of recovering these things. And, um, and yeah, and, and, and to the uh, River Phoenix, in a very brief role, does a great job. He does. I think of conveying a sort of young Harrison Ford... Harrison Ford, this is a note I took, actually um, specifically nominated or requested River Phoenix to play Young Him. Uh, they worked together on one of apparently Harrison's favorite movies that he did when he was in 1986 called The Mosquito Coast. Oh. And uh, he, he really enjoyed working with River wanted to, said that he should play me, he should play Young Virgin of Indiana Jones. I didn't know that. He said that, knowing that he wouldn't get to work with Rivers. <laughs> Since we're not in the movie together. I also liked how they played off the scar that's on uh, Harrison Ford's chin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because because Harrison Ford, years before, got that in a car wreck. And... Harrison Ford wrecked something? Yeah. Harrison Ford. No! He's so careful! (laughs) Right, because whenever he got in a wreck, he left this big-ass scar on his chin. Right. And... Even they kind of played with that a little bit whenever they, whenever. Yeah, he hits himself with the whip. He hits himself with the whip. It's something they totally didn't have to do, but they took, they, 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 they did. It's a great little thing of like, well, they didn't have to give you an origin story for this faint scar that most people look past on Harrison Ford, but it's kind of like a cool little thing. You know, that, the snakes, um, is his general sense of adventure. They didn't have to do any of this opening act. No. You know, uh, but it's great. They do a great job of setting up the character and kind of telling you a little mini story that kind of gives you an idea of what the bigger story is going to be. They show you Henry Ford Sr. looking through, uh, or you know, writing his his Grail diary, writing parts of his Grail diary, and the line he says right before uh, right before it cuts to modern day is, you know, may the person who illuminated this illuminate me. What's you know, and one of his last lines in the movie is, "I found illumination." And uh, so it's really uh, a great opening, and then after that, it just goes and even it just gets better and better. <laughs> yeah. So uh, thematic wise, I think that's a good leeway because, like, like I mean, we're, we're technically looking. Uh, technically, he's looking for the Grail, mm-hmm. and I think what one of the one of the small small criticisms is that is that it becomes less about finding the grail and more about finding his dad and i think that's a great that is his grail right but that's what i'm trying to that's what i'm trying to get at but you said Chris well it's not even so much that it becomes like, that indy literally says i don't care about the grail i'm trying to find my dad that's yeah. what he says to the yeah. franciscan friar right is uh, his motivation he's only trying to find the grail at the uh, with the idea that it'll help him find his dad Who's more important to him than the girl? Which he does. He he doesn't have any reason to believe is actually real. Mm-hmm. Like most of the objects that he goes searching for, you know, like the, the you know the idea that the mysticism around them is real. You know, he doesn't have any real reason to believe that for mm-hmm. himself. Um, maybe. Uh, so yeah, I, I but I get that is like uh, it's uh, 
they kind of hide the grail. The grail's kind of takes a back seat to the, the character story going on. Yeah. What was the scene you didn't like? Didn't? Didn't Did like. Man, okay. Listen, listen, I'm sick. I brought it up in every damn episode so far, it's and I'm going to keep the snakes doing it. Again, it's going to be the oh. love scene. Yes. I hate oh, them. It no, it was they not. It was awful. It's the... Listen. The problem that we have had, I've had, with this is that they do not have relationships that are written well in any of these movies. They're all trash. And this one is also trash. They kiss each other and then she's like, how dare you kiss me? Oh, and then great. kisses him. Oh, and then great. he kisses her. And he's like, well, how dare you kiss me? And then it's, it's stupid. Oh, I love and it. it's a waste of time. <laughs> and then they both are he like, says, this is amazing. And oh my says, God. And then he says, I don't like fast women. And then they die. It, it his ear. It's stupid. Oh, All man. of the way that they are portrayed in every single one of these movies is stupid. This is what I thought relationships were going to be like as a kid. Man, and I that's was so now, I think I think that's what the scriptwriters thought as adults. Like I really do. Because they're all the same. Well, the thing is, it's very... You know, I, I'm going on a limb here. I, I've not seen every 80s movie ever. It's very 80s love. This is what I've romance. been trying to say. It's very James Bond, honestly. It's yes! It's a good thing. No, it's not a good thing, but it's not James supposed to be. Listen. <laughs> it's not supposed to be a it. romance. It's supposed to be a cheesy type of... Love. Look, you look at but all the other. All the same. That's, that's the, the point. No, no, no. Yes, they, yes, yes. They can be <laughs> bad, totally different. but they're not. It's totally different because Marion Ravenwood in the first movie, right? She's kind of like, uh, you know, a hard ass. She's like, she's not a, a, you know, she ends up in damselly situations, but she's not so much a damsel as say Bill, uh, uh, Willie, <sighs> who's the Willie's ultimate damsel. Ultimate damsel. Agreed. Scared that's of the animals. Difference between those two, right? Yep. Your big difference here is, is Elsa. It's a work for her. She is manipulating him or trying to as best she can. She doesn't like for her this whole sexual thing. Now they don't. I don't guess use it to the to the fullest extent they could, but it's a total diversion for her. Like how? What's the best way to make sure he he trusts me implicitly? Oh, I know. To sleep with him. I'll agree. That's a good take on it. And like of all of the female characters that they've had, Elsa is the one with the most depth that they've given. Mm-hmm. Uh, but every but my issue. Is that you can have these different kinds of things, but the first intimate rela- react- <laughs> r- relationship with Indy and Marion started with a stupid fight of them both being idiots to each other. Right. In the second one, they started with a stupid fight of right. them both being idiots with each other. In this one, it started with a stupid fight of them both being idiots <laughs> with each other. That is a problem that I have. If they want to do something like, that's if you want to have the stuff like exactly. the difference, that's fine. But like, it's the exact. Same setup and payoff every single time. It's not different, and it bugs me. But, what, but it begs the question: What is Indy's hit miss ratio? Like, does he just start fights with women? He doesn't and miss. Which make out with him? Yes, that's what he he's got. <laughs> We've this weird seen thing where he's like, if I treat him like crap, they'll love me, and that just reinforces it over and over because he doesn't treat we, any of them good. We've seen him be three for three, you know. But who knows? Lots of adventures out there. Ugh. You don't like. Fast I'm just women. tired of the same. Thing. But yes, the the female character in this one is better. Yeah, she's got depth. She she's got that double cross in there that is a surprise. She's smart. She's she's well educated and not like Willie, who is just <laughs> whoosh. I do just want want to point out how messed up it is that the best female character is a freaking Nazi. True. <laughs> 
That's not, still well, not a good not portrayal good. of women no. well, in this make, franchise. She does make a point in saying she doesn't actually care about the Aryan stuff. She's more just interested in uh, the, 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 the history of it. Sure, but Indy condemns sure. her for saying, so you throw yourself in with them, though. That's the Right, because it's, it's not like, a defense. It's like, right. it's not a good defense. You're still yeah. with them. She could have jumped still using because them. they were also trying to find the grail. But like also, they could have easily, she could have easily joined them. But terrific actress for this, though, because she both looks innocent and yeah. and evil at the same time. Like, yeah. when she makes that turn, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good reveal. Yeah, it's a very good. should have known. One of the bigger surprises of the franchise, I think. I just have to ask, whatever happened to her? Whatever happened to Al? Her name is Allison Duty. Part of the... Oh, the actress? Yeah. Okay, I thought you were going to say the character. I'm like, part of the thing of these movies is you never find out what happens. Well, well like... The I, women just disappear. But, like, whatever happened well, to Allison Duty? Yeah. Like, she just... She just kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. I re- I looked up her IMDb. There was a few other films, but you know, sometimes people just maybe she just yeah. Acting. Sometimes people just don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, maybe maybe she casting just casting roles stop coming in, or they're too similar or something. You 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 start doing stage plays or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, people I just disappear. You know, Short Round was only in two movies. Yeah, mm, that's true. That's true. No. Yeah, and I I looked him up yesterday when we watched Temple, and and but then he went on to like. He, like, does choreography yeah. and stuff for movies, so he just does behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah, he's stuff. still in the industry, but, like, you know, you'd think, like, I mean, he's in two of, uh, and I guess you could say two of the bigger movies of the 80s. I don't know where Temple of Doom ranks all-time on the 80s. You said it was number one. It's pretty high. That week, or for on the, Memorial Day, I think. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the whole the whole franchise so, between, ranks high. Between that and Goonies, you think sure. this kid can be in any movie he wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would think. Um, but that was a scene I didn't like. Anybody else? Uh, it's a tough one I don't if you have one go for it because I'm going to have to think I have one that I don't I have one that I I can't say I didn't like but it can, still confuses me a little bit it has to deal with a blimp scene mm. okay mm. because I'm wondering one how did he get the uniform because we're led to assume that he did something to like one of the one of the waiters mm-hmm. so uh and how did he get rid of it? Right. Number two, what happened to the guy that he took it from? Yeah, there's no repercussions there. Yeah. Number three, how come the people on the blimp, because I'm assuming that he's still in the same compartment, how do they not recognize him? <laughs> yeah, well, no, he's bad. They're, and, they're a bunch of rich people on a blimp. They don't care about the people. other people around them. They just want to be on yeah. the blimp. But, you know, somebody's bound to pick up on that. That's the only thing that confuses, that confuses me about any point in this movie. It's just like, you know, like he went from being a passenger... To impersonating one of the employees, to throwing one out of the high officials out, to going back to being a passenger—that's the yeah. only, that well, that 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 threw me for a loop. I, I get it, but like, here's the thing: you can, he probably locked him in a closet. Like, that's that's the thing I can see Andy doing. Or he was just like, "Hey, listen, there's Nazis on the plane. Uh, give me your thing. I'm a hero. I'm gonna help. I'm gonna save the day." And the guy was like, "Oh, okay. I don't like Nazis." So it gives I me. Mean, they're leaving Berlin, the, though, aren't they? Yeah, they're yeah they're leaving. The Berlin, old rich people on the plane don't care about the people that are employees on the plane. They don't care. They mm-hmm. don't. They're not looking at them. They're not paying any attention to them. They're not paying attention to the other passengers. They're just in their own little groups, being rich people on a blimp. Mm-hmm. So that's thing. And then I don't know about the throwing the Nazi out. I I, mean, I wouldn't care, but <laughs> I'm also not from. Germany at that point in time. Maybe they would have. I don't know. Okay. Mine is going to be a a nitpick because I'm stretching to find something that I genuinely didn't like. Uh, So it's more funny and it's kind of like, I get it. It's it's, It's 1984 and the technology and the green screen and all that. 
but the the dogfight scene in the airplanes it just kind of bugged me that they were in an open cockpit airplane with their hats on. Yeah, and they didn't fly off. Like, you all had fans <laughs> in the 80s. You could have at least turned the fan on to make it look like it was blowing. Because they're just like, Indy with his fedora and Henry with his hat. Bucket hat. Bucket yeah. hat. And they're just like, chilling in the air, dogfighting German warplanes with their hats on. It's a nitpick. Sure. But I was like, okay, it's now it, that's not supposed to be funny, and it is. I also have a nitpick. Because I'm honestly sitting here, racking my brains, trying to think of a scene I, di- I dislike. And honestly, there's some stuff that probably, yeah, you could you but, could twist my arm and not liking, but I... The, that's a good thing, though. Another yeah, thing, it is, another, thing. it is a good thing. I just love this movie all up and down. There's a there's a moment in the dogfight. They, they crash land the plane. Mm-hmm. They crash land next to a big fence full of sheep. Sheep start rushing out. Bullets immediately rain down upon them, right? The sheep, if you look in the scene, are like feet away from these, you know, granted, giant squib explosions or whatever it was they used to kind of, you know, like throw up big dust in the air of like the bullets coming down on them. But I always just sitting there remember thinking like, I wonder if PETA would let them do that today. Like, <laughs> like be that close to like special effects with live sheep. Because that's what they were doing. They're like, okay, you guys sit here, we're going these sheep. Feet away from explosions. Granted, nothing was being... There was no shrapnel or anything. But just like the idea that like some sheep might catch crossfire. Yeah, that's true. Be handled differently today. Were they be all CG? Sure, yeah, yeah I was going to say currently. They'd be all CG. It'd probably be computer if, if there were animals nearby. Yeah, that's true. So that's not, it's not, and that's not even so much a nitpick, just such as like a little moment. That's like a comment. Yeah. <laughs> more than anything. The, the dogfight scene makes me want to talk about the, the comedy in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's very comedic. The most, I think, of the three, and I, I thought of that because of this of the part where, um, it, man, Henry doesn't know what he's doing with the machine gun, and he he saws off the the back <laughs> the rudder of the plane, and he's just like they got us, <laughs> they got us, and there's a lot of moments like that between those two, especially that are really funny. I'm thinking that I'm thinking um, when they're tied to the chair and they just keep hitting the lever and they go from the like the regular room into the Nazi command room mm. and it takes them like twice before anyone notices them yeah. and then they get noticed and like oh god um, oh, so then there's just the scene b- right before that when they're just trying to get out of the chair yeah, yeah. <laughs> dad, what? The, the, dad, the, the room dad. catches on fire what are your favorite comedy or joke moments uh, so many. there is yeah there's 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 a lot here one of my favorites was when they were like they were rolling through the desert and they're rolling through the desert and they're looking down on him. He's just like, it's got a six pound gun and his dad's behind him. He's just like, what do you think you're doing? Get down. (laughs) Dad, we're well out of range. Boom. And then all of a sudden the car blows up and Sala's just like, that car belonged to my (laughs) (laughs) brother-in-law. I really liked a lot when they were talking about Marcus and Mm. Indiana Jones was like, he is one of the most... Yeah. He knows every custom in all of these languages. He's going to blend in and you're never going to see him again. And then immediately they cut to him and he's like, Does anybody here speak English? I don't know what is going on. Even Where Greek. am I? Does anybody understand a word I'm saying? It was so hey, brilliantly funny. Disappear, blend in. <laughs> then he look, he's already got the grail. And then, it, and then they bring it back whenever they were talking about... or uh, Henry, Ju- Henry Sr. was like, you said he was going to blend in. He's like, I made that up. He got lost in his own museum. 
It's so funny. And they get they, they bring that back at the end when he goes, I know the way. Come on. And they like ride off and he like half falls off the horse. Yep. Revulsion is over. So good. Um, one of my favorites. <laughs> you guys took two of my two of my favorites, but there's so many good ones. And all the all the comedy for the most part is great character based stuff. There's a lot of there's a lot of great like um, look comedy. When Indy like uh, spears a guy off of a motorcycle and he's like grinning and he like looks back and his dad's like, not you should not like, be like he's about looking that. at it. He's winding his watch. His dad's like, and so Andy like you know he's like, oh, whoops. Um, I love um, when he shoots when when Andy takes the machine gun and just mows down a bunch of guys and goes, look what you did! <laughs> I can't believe you did that. <laughs> um, I love that the fireplace scene. There's a great line. This is a great. It's a great, a great deadpan line of. They spin around, right? They see the Nazi in the Nazi-filled room. They spin back into the fire. And Sean Connery just goes, our situation is not improved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really, I really like uh, on the machine guns thing. I like how a lot of times in this series, Indy seems to be taken aback by either his own power or the power of the weapon he's holding. I really like, he. there's a part where he's holding a pistol and he shoots through three Nazis on the uh, were they on a moving car? Yeah, I they're, think? they're on a tank. Yeah, the tank, and he shoots through three of them, and he just looks at the pistol for a second, like, and then just goes about fighting. Man, and then there's the scene that that kind of mirrors a, a, a Star Wars scene where he's fighting off. No, wait, am I thinking of? No, I'm thinking of a different movie. <laughs> I was thinking of Temple of Doom. I've watched them together, but I'm just going to say it anyway. He's fighting the swordsmen, uh-huh. and then yeah. they they run off, and then he's like satisfied, and then they come up with a big army of them, and then he chases them. Oh yeah, yeah. It's that's a great scene in Temple of Doom because it's kind of a callback to the Raiders scene yeah. where he just shoots the swordman. swordman. Yeah, yeah. And so like he's he like, went to shoot again and didn't have his didn't gun. have the gun. Yeah, he's so like. <laughs> There's a lot of moments like that where yeah, Indy is just like ah. Well, and at the beginning of this one, um, when they're in the the library church in Italy. And the old man is stamping the books. <laughs> oh yes, and he takes that pylon or whatever and starts slamming, and it just is timed perfectly for whenever he starts stamping. And that old man's like, "Bang!" What is this? And once again, <laughs> and then it happens three or four. Yeah, times. a character surprised by the power of the object he's holding. <laughs> but also, I think if I can add one more, is nope. when oh, yeah, clear out. Well, shit. Time <laughs> for funny lines is done. But uh, when. After Indiana swings through the window to get to rescue his dad, and then like he said, he, he said, "I'm I'm sorry I did that to you, but I thought you were one of them." He said, "They come through the doors, not the window." His dad's just like, "Huh, good point." Well, that's a great, <laughs> that's a great, that's a great technically second introduction to to Henry uh, Jones. I was gonna say Henry Ford. <laughs> to Henry, to Henry Jones. I think you did earlier. I think you did it, and I just Henry, we Henry just let Ford it roll. Did. Well, whatever. Henry Henry Jones, right? He smashes his son over the head, right? He apologizes. Says he says, you know, he says something like, uh, uh, "On the basis from, I'll the, never base, from the Ming Dynasty," and he goes like, "I'm fine, Dad." And he goes, "That's a fake." Goes <laughs> and he goes, "I'm sorry about your head, though." Yeah. <laughs> And can I, I'm going to admit to something. As okay. a kid, there was a line in this movie that legitimately had me thinking there was a whole other movie franchise that I needed to be watching. Oh. All right? Okay. And there was, in fact, but it was not the one I thought I was going to be watching. So, he, when he says, you don't think I would send the book to my son just for him to bring it back here, do you? You know, like the nonsense, like, it's in your pocket. He looks at him and he goes, you, you didn't bring the book with you, did you? And he's kind of like, yeah. He goes... He just kind of sighs and goes, I should have sent it to the Marx Brothers. 
Yeah. As a kid, I thought the Marx Brothers were other adventurers. Oh. Uh, like, they knew. Like, oh, I used to adventure with the Marx Brothers when gotcha. I was young. So I was like, oh, man, who are the Marx Brothers? Is that another movie in it? <laughs> in fact, the Marx Brothers are a comedy duo. Right. A comedy uh, family. And uh, I, I did enjoy those movies as well. <laughs> but not for the same reasons I enjoy Indiana Jones. But I remember being really excited about the Marx Brothers as a kid. I was like, oh, man, their movies must be great, too. <laughs> Can't wait to see the Marx Brothers. How about the the reveal we finally get that Mr. Badass Indiana Jones is named after a dog? Oh, that's, that's what I was talking about. Like, one of the most iconic lines in the movie is, you know, or in the in the franchise is like, we named the dog Indiana. Yeah. You know, you are named after the dog. It's great. It's great. And I got a lot of fond memories of that dog. We yeah. see Indiana in the movie. Yeah. Early yeah, on, in the beginning, yeah. like, uh, husky type dog yeah. that he runs past. Well, and we get throughout the movie how upset Indy is when he's ever called Junior. He doesn't want to be called Junior. He's proud of the name he's got. And we all sort of figured out, I guess, when he started calling him Junior, that his name was probably Henry Jones Jr. Right. But, for, but I think a lot of people, maybe like me, you just hear Junior and you think, it's something you call any kid. Yep. When you you know, like any small kid can be called junior if you if you're trying to like you know uh, belittle them. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so it's so great and uh, and it's kind of funny because as a kid, all these movies were already out by the time I was you know I was born. All these movies when I'm watching them at like age five to eight, I've seen all of them back to back to back to back. You know, out of order, in order, and and so on. So that, that line, to me, for so long, didn't really have much meaning. Because, like, I'm watching Raiders of the Ark. I know, I, I've already seen Last Crusade, you know, because I just watch them all, all the time. So, the fact that there were people who, like, that was a genuine reveal for, uh, I kind of, I don't know, I, I guess I envy them in a way. Oh, yeah, it's one of the great, yeah. like, film reveals that we'll never get to experience as intended. Because we just weren't there. Yeah, it's the same with like with like you know, obviously the the Luke Skywalker and mm-hmm. Darth Vader relationship. Like that line, I think, is more pervasive than even the film. Yeah. Of like yeah, nowadays line. you go in, you could not have ever seen Star Wars, and you probably know yeah, but that. At least you know so that. it's spoiled for you. At, at least the know the line, Luke. I am your and father. I think you could say the same thing maybe about Indiana Jones. People might know. I have a lot of fond memories of that dog. Uh. I should say that, like, you should probably, if anything, you should probably watch, you should probably watch these movies in order because there's there's at least one or two references that you can that you probably won't be able to understand. Why wouldn't you watch them in order, though? But like, if you watch Raiders mm-hmm. in this movie, like <clears throat> in this movie, we get he, we if you jump into the movie thinking, oh yeah, well it's him battling Nazis. There's a line in which he says. Nazis, I hate these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, the Nazi party wasn't really well known in America at that time. And uh, I will say that, like, he knows all about the Nazis and how devious they are. Mm-hmm. But there's also, whenever they're in the well looking for the knight's tomb, mm-hmm. there's there's a scene in which they pass by, like, a, a mural that says, this is the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. And she's like, are you sure? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. You know, you're not unless you watch the first movie, you're not really going to understand that. That's you might fair. not understand it, but here's what I'll tell you because I remember that. I, I actually actively remember that moment as a kid. And Sala. And I remember because I remember because this is one of those. There are some certain movies that I don't know about you guys. There are certain movies that you kind of associate with maybe a different parent or a sibling that maybe you watched it with them. Indiana Jones is a series that my mom really liked. 
And I remember watching The Last Crusade, and maybe she had shown me Raiders of the Lost Ark, but I didn't really remember it, mm-hmm. because I remember saying, like, what does he mean? She goes, oh, he's found that before. And I go, and I was like, you know, like, and I had this moment of, like, oh, there's more. There's more. There's, there's like, this exciting idea of, like, these movies aren't, it's not a long-form story. It's not like if you missed one of these movies, you're missing out on, like, a great detail. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, man, I've, I've never seen Temple of Doom, there's some great detail in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull that I don't get. It's like an anthology in a way. You know, this is like a different story in the in Indiana Jones' life. It's why they tried to do that Indiana Jones TV show. Because mm-hmm. they were like, we can just tell different stories throughout different periods of his life. And, you know, like, it'll tell a longer story, sure. But, like, there's not, like, a running through line. So, like, yeah, I, there is that. It, watching them in order, I think, is the best way to go about it. But if you random, if you came across it and went, like, oh... You know, like there's a bigger, there's 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 more there's more history here than I even I'm aware yeah. of. Maybe I should go check it out. But I can see why you might not watch in order because you think you look at it and you think, oh, chronologically, Temple of Doom comes first, so I should watch sure. that one first. But Temple of Doom has like we talked about that. You scene. could watch that one first though because it's so separate. It is. It is really different, and it it has a very different motivation for Indy. Mm-hmm. He's very fortunate and glory at that point, and it might be that movie that maybe turns him against fortune and glory and pushes him towards it should be in a museum. Because messed up stuff happens. Um, I want to talk about some some little fun facts about the movie I learned. Um, It was so uh, the Indies thing. Indie was originally pitched as as a trilogy. Um, Spielberg wanted a trilogy, and um, they just after uh, Temple of Doom came out to to not so thrilled responses. Spielberg decided to complete it. To not only fulfill that promise to George Lucas, but to also, quote, apologize for the second one. So they went through several uh, original ideas before they settled on this one. Lucas initially wanted to make it like a, a, a ghost movie, mm-hmm. where Indy would face off against ghosts. I read about that. Like yeah, like a Haunted Mansion type thing. Yeah. And that could have been my Ghostbusters Indiana Jones crossover that I wanted from It could have been. Uh, but Spielberg... Uh, Rejected the first idea because he thought it was too similar to Poltergeist, which he was also involved in. Right, right. right. Then uh, Chris Columbus was actually hired to write a script. Chris Columbus from uh, Home Alone, Home Alone, mm-hmm. uh, Harry Potter, the first two Harry Potter movies. Mm, good choice. They also went with a with a ghost type of thing, um, where Indy was going to quote battle a mur- the murderous ghost of Baron Seamus. Seagrove III in Scotland. Um, he was going to travel to Mozambique to aid a female doctor who you can assume was going to be the love interest. They were going to get into a fight and then kiss each other. And uh, Why are you she so had, pig-headed? Why are you so uppity? She had found a 200-year-old pygmy. The pygmy was kidnapped by the Nazis during a boat chase. And Indiana, Claire, and Scraggy Briar, an old friend of Indy, travel to up, up, up a river to rescue him. Was Sean Connery going to be the ghost? No. Dang it. Because Sean Connery, I don't think, was going to be in this one at this stage. Because his father isn't involved yet. But Indiana was going to be killed in a cinematic battle, only to be resurrected by the Monkey King. Sure, logically. (laughs) Why not? The Monkey King is the second time I know that that's come up. In mm -hmm. Temple of Doom, they wanted to do something with the Monkey King. Yeah. China wouldn't let him. So, obviously that didn't happen. They, They abandoned the ghost thing altogether. Which... I'm a little bit intrigued by because sure. Indy 4, K- K- Crystal Skull brings aliens into the mix. Will 5 go back to the ghost idea? I like that. I 
I don't necessarily like what I just read. No. But I like the idea sure, of a ghost thing, maybe. Sure. I don't know. It's one of the few things left to explore. Yeah. Apparently it depends on, I guess, the setting. Yeah. It, was just, it seems to describe a Scottish setting, which could be interesting. Um, There's lots of archaeology stuff there in Scotland. Yeah. yeah. A lot of Been around for old a long castles time, and yeah. stuff like yeah. that. But they, but hopefully they, you know, they don't have to limit themselves to something like that. They could do any number of things. Um, yeah. Like I suppose, you know, um, uh, it just seems like one of the last realms of of, of science fiction fantasy yeah. too. Because you know, you got uh, the Ark of the Covenant, you got the uh, Temple of Dooms thing. I don't even know what was that. A, really? Was that a, was that based on a real object? Like honestly, I, sure. the stones. I'm not it's sure. like it, I it, think it's like a, a deity. Yeah, like a, nah, you got the Holy deity, Grail like, in this one, yeah. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. You got the alien influence on like the Mayans and and South American culture. Sure. Where does five go but ghosts? I wonder if it's just a... Dinosaur. Oh. It goes, Dinosaurs. It goes back to the Nazis. Well, unless it's pure they, magic. Yeah. It goes back to the Nazis and they look for some other kind of spiritual thing. that Some other biblical device that the Nazis are trying to hold on. That would be interesting Wait. to find out. We don't know anything about the story for Indy 5 yet. But 4 is set... In the in the late fifties to yeah, gener- to right. generally yeah. mimic yeah, yeah, yeah. the older nineteen years after this film. Yeah. So you would think they would go the same thing with seven to set it in the late sixties to yeah, early seventies to. to account for his age. I don't, I don't know. know. It would fit the best then because one of the reasons I think they went with aliens ultimately was because that was a big fad of the fifties. Yeah, it was a fi- it was a fifties B movie thing. Like exactly. that's what they were trying to do, whereas, and and, and a lot 30s, of fans don't 40s. respect that. Thirties <laughs> forties. Indeed, the, 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 the adventures Indies on are the very adventures of that time of like what was that's the, the that thing is these are like homages the to to 30s serials what was what was the popular B movie of the 60s that's I they, don't they know I don't I know I'm not I'm not up a, up enough on my film history to research that so anyway the 60s welcome to the conversation yeah what was the B movies back then when you were a kid <laughs> it's gotta be like monster movies or something, right? Like, it could, yeah, maybe, maybe. Like that. That's where ghosts would come in, I guess. Yeah. Big ass tarantulas and you know, <laughs> stuff like that, and yeah. giant snakes and fifty foot people. Yeah, maybe it's a sports movie. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I think a a uh, mob crime drama. I oh, think that these movies set themselves. Up. I've mentioned this already, but I want to. I, I took a note on it, and I, I still feel like that there is a perfect opportunity for like someone to Mel Brooks these movies and. Combine them again. I said Raiders and Ghostbusters could easily cross over, especially when the, the Covenant was open and all those. Ghosts that will be out. the I will bow out of movies. <laughs> that is something that I'm I about do. To say, you never cross the no, streams. No, no. Oh, first, what of all. I'm about to say is going to be so much worse than that. Okay, I say want it. this Hurt me. movie to cross over with Monty Python and the Holy Grail because they talk about the three tests of God that yeah. they have to go through whenever they are going to the grail in this movie. I want so much for those three tests to be on a bridge where a troll is like, what is your name? What is your quest? What is your favorite color? And then it just goes back into the regular movie. I did want to ask who did the Holy Grail better, Indy or Monty? Uh, man, so I don't I know. That you can because it's the Holy Grail. Go I'm going to go with Indy, though. I'll go with oh, sure. Yeah, I'll go with Indy. You, you hesitated, though. I hesitated because one's a com- one is purely comedy and the other is action adventure. And I think I would go with Indiana Jones because it's way more entertaining. Yeah, it is more entertaining. But I just, the whole time when they when he was going through those trials, all I could think of was that troll on that bridge asking him them questions. <laughs> and I was internally laughing a lot. Monty Python and the Holy Grail is one of those movies where I'm kind of nervous to watch it as an adult. 
because I'm afraid the humor won't hold up for me. Mm-hmm. I think it's more of a uh, <laughs> older older child to teenage to teenager. Be slightly inebriated for taking the film. Maybe I'm not saying it'll be bad. I'm just saying I don't know that I'll find it as funny. I might think it's overrated. Yeah, it could be. I you know. But so it could be like Three Stooges. You might have could a be. weirder appreciation for it as an adult. That's true, too. I I'm, have, I'm nervous to watch it. I have special news for you, though. Oh, boy. Uh, it exists. A very, very small part of your Ghostbusters crossover. Please tell me they did like a comic series or Hang something. I got, no, it's not. Dang it. It's not that. It's something I, I, I want to buy. something just real fast. <laughs> Don't dangle that carrot out there and then reel it back in. Gotta make sure he was in the movie. <laughs> Are you talking about Dan Aykroyd in the Temple of Doom? Yeah, Dan Aykroyd's in the Temple of Doom. Yeah, yeah okay. we did talk about yeah, that. Right. You guys are on the ball. So that yeah. universe could exist. Oh, we forgot to mention. I, I, uh, it I, sounds like it. You remember when the old Scooby Doo cartoons used to have weird crossovers? Oh yeah, the heart. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. Bat- oh, Batman would pop there. up, and yep. like they, now they do wrestling ones. Yeah, John Cena feels like that kind of thing. Like what was those like the Ghostbusters calling Indiana Jones for help, and he's just so What's annoyed with that, their goofiness. I'd watch that. He's just trying to get shit done. And Make it happen just, in a cartoon. Like that's that, that's all I need. I mean, I don't think there was ever an Indiana Jones cartoon, was there? Because there was the real Ghostbusters cartoon and the young Indiana. The young Indiana. Show, Jones, but I don't think there were two cartoons. There's a series of video games. A couple Make of video it games. happen. Yeah. Now, all I've been thinking oh. this whole week is how bad you I want. You know what else would be? What? A good Indiana Jones find? Uh, Atlantis. Oh, you can find Atlantis. That's that a is a good idea. Thing. And it's not too... I don't know. It's not too weird. No, it it's in the realm of reality. reality. And then he crosses over into Aquaman, and then there's this DC yeah, exactly. Indiana Jones crossover. And they find Namor. It can and only then, make that universe better. And then into James Cameron's Abyss. Oh, perfect. No, Perfect. I was gonna say I this week watching these movies. All I've wanted to do is is play Lego Indiana Jones because it's a great oh, game. It's a great game. We should play it. We should. It's I'm a great like, game. I, I was thinking about it the whole. I was thinking about it the whole time I was watching uh, Last Crusade, um, and I love. That's the only place where I like uh, where I like Willie. <laughs> it's a Lego video game. Do Do any of you remember Indiana Jones in the in the Infernal Machine? Is that a game too? It was a video it game. Like a video. It's, I'm vaguely aware of it. Never played it. Yeah, it's like one of the it's one of the few games as a, that was an original story that wasn't like a not like like the Lego the Lego games more or less are knockoffs of the original movie, which yeah. is fine. I don't care. Well, they're but, sort of uh, mind. Uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of here? Uh, mind uh, uh, parody. Yeah, they, you know, there's no voices. Yeah, but like Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine. Uh, it was available for a little bit. It wasn't available for a long time, but I do I, I do remember owning that at one point in time. There was a Last Crusade video game for the original Nintendo. Oh, awesome. came out in 1991. Like huh. Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of movies based on or video games based on movies are not great. <laughs> no, especially when it's those old the oh, old Nintendo then, those eight bit games. It's just like like E.T. Yeah, well, that's Especially. notorious. And honestly, you know, like it's amazing because video games for the longest time they were forced to like, okay, you got to release around the same time the movie comes out, mm-hmm. capitalize on the popularity of the film, right? So they're giving like bare bones details of what this movie's going to be about. So there's like things in the video games that never happen in the in the movie, and there are things that happen in the that do happen, but they're totally different. It's like we told them there would be a, a, a chase on a tank. But like, so video games are like, okay, there's a chase on a tank. Well, let's just do whatever we want, and it, or let's just do that. And it's like completely different. Yeah. Or they're like, okay, so how do they get to a tank? Well, naturally, they go inside a military base, right? Yeah. No, that didn't happen. 
Um, was there anything else we wanted to talk about specifically relating to the story? Because I'd like to move on to the to the year in movies. I want to I want to briefly bring up though. We talked a little bit about the Nazis, but just the mm-hmm. two main bad guys. Okay. Bad guys, so, or I guess the three main bad guys really: Elsa, Donovan, and uh, and, and the, the Nazi. Uh, this is another great comedy line of this is that's how we say goodbye in Austria when she kisses Indiana Jones. Walks away, and this is how we say goodbye in Germany. And he smashes him in the face for the German or for the Austrian. Yeah. Lady. So did I. Uh, also, we uh, we overlooked the fact that both Indy and Henry Ford or Henry Jones sleep with. <laughs> Sleep yes, Elsa. Yes, yes. She was trying to get to both of them. You, I yeah, mean, I was, that's what you were talking about with the manipulation I thing. Was, I was, I was weak as the next man, and he goes, "I was the next man." <laughs> <laughs> and, um, uh, but anyway, I thought the bad guys in this were really good. Donovan, he's, yeah. he's, he's slimy. He's 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 deceptive. He comes across as pretty threatening, and has an incredible death. Uh, Elsa, we talked about this earlier. She's not. She she kind of. Uh, turns a damsel character on its head because she's actually manipulating Indy and um, his dad in order to uh, forward her own goals. And uh, and then the bad guy, Nazi, instead of going with a big beefy guy that they had in Indy 2 and Indy 3, or Indy 1, they have uh, they have this kind of like regular size old Nazi German that he gets into this big long fist fight on that tank with. Yeah. And he's a pretty intimidating guy. Yeah. That is good. And he dies a cool death too, falling a billion miles down on a tank. I love the little mannequin doll they, had, they like taped to the side of the tank thing so it would <laughs> fall down with them. That was a great thing. Um, I do want to point out one tiny detail that I've never noticed before, but I noticed on this one. I was going to do a podcast about that. I should take notes. Uh, bad guy, Donovan, uh, has a wife that never sees him again. Yep. She comes in and goes, at the beginning when he's showing Indy the tablet, you know, she pops in for him and he goes, honey, you're neglecting your guests. And he goes, oh, I'll be back soon, you know. She pushes her away. Last we see her, and that's the last thing that she never sees him again. So I was thinking, 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 like, I wonder if anybody told, like, if Indy went, I should tell Donovan's wife. <laughs> He's dead. Nah. I doubt it. Nazis don't get that kind <clears throat> of generosity. Also, tiny detail that I wrote down. Oh, tiny de- So tiny detail. So um, before we talk about the year in, can I bring up just, uh, this is a Spielberg film, and uh, and uh, you can tell there's a lot of there's a lot of Spielberg elements that mm-hmm. like I mean he's he's a great director for a reason right but there's those little there's those little things that we've come to know him by there's a lot of Spielberg face if you're aware of Spielberg face it's the shot in almost every Spielberg movie where you have a guy you have a, a person's face and there's like a dramatic slow zoom in on it. You get that when the tank's about to go off the off the ledge, and it and Indy's staring out, and he's just reacting to this thing off screen, and zooms in on his face. Yeah, you get it a couple of different times. Um, and there's a couple of great um, Spielberg oneers. Spielberg's um, not tremendously known for his one shots, his one take shots. There are a few that are obviously more infamous than others. Um, the intro to Saving Private Ryan, and um, I think there's a really there's a there's a fairly long one in Lincoln. But there is, there are at least two of note that I pointed out. When they're doing the train train scene, hmm. Indy rides up to the train, jumps on the train. The bad guys, the henchmen, they jump on the train with them. They go from the first train car over the giraffes, over another section, and into the reptiles. It's about 39 seconds, but it's all one shot, just like choreographed with the train, which can't be easy because I can't imagine they had just like, you know, 
they have a train track, but they probably didn't have just like tons of room to like, okay, we can send this yeah. train by four times to do this scene. And there's one at the end of that scene. Actually, I'm sorry, there's three. There's about a, a 40 second uh, one shot when Indy first gets into the um, magic caboose. He gets in, goes all the way to the end, comes all the way back, hops into the hops into the box. Guy comes in, open like you know, box falls apart. He goes to the end of the train, looks out. There goes Indy running. It's a great like the camera is almost it's almost an invisible yeah one take shot. You don't even think about it. The final one is when Indy and uh, Indy's room is destroyed. Mm-hmm. So he come he comes out, he sees his room destroyed, walks into Elsa's room, walks back out to his room, and it's but it's one minute all one take. They have a couple of lines between but uh really well done i like yeah. i like one take shots they're really cool yeah um but i don't like obnoxious one take shots um uh, and and he keeps them he keeps them brief but they're almost you can't even you wouldn't even tell because he keeps the actors moving and he keeps the um and he keeps the the story going so it's not like distracting that this has all been a one long take um so three good oneers all all about a minute or less and uh, and then there's uh, the other obvious good Shakespeare moments. Mm-hmm. I especially like the, uh, the that 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 scene on the tank when when this hat flies off and he's looking. He's like, "I'll oh, die." <laughs> That's great. It's a great shot. I will say that I, I guess one Spielberg element here I can kind of just kind of just add to that is the the father son element. That's that's pretty prevalent among among Steven Spielberg movies, because mm-hmm. and also the fact that it takes place during World War II. About probably maybe a good two thirds of Steven Spielberg's movies are take place during World War II. Oh uh, yeah, this was and involve the Nazis in some way. Yeah, this is a, this was not his first or last run with Nazis. Yeah, yeah. So some of his best movies have Nazis. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, no, I say some probably like his top four. I'm glad you brought all that up because because. We have neglected to talk about Spielberg's role in this franchise so far, and he is, like you said, a great director for a reason, one of the best. Yeah, and this is, this, these are the, this, he hasn't done very many trilogies, <laughs> you know, if, if anything. Has I, he done any I trilogies? I think it's the only trilogy I guess he's Maybe. done. Maybe. Yeah. Because Jaws, I don't, I don't think he directed either of the sequels. Right? I don't I think so. Of the two main sequels for that. He did do, he did do uh, uh, Jurassic Park. The second Jurassic Park. Did he do the, he did the first? He didn't do Jurassic the third. Parks. He didn't do the third or yeah. any of the others. So, yeah. So there you go. This is one of the one of the few times he's been he's he's been seen a trilogy through. He's done a trilogy through. Yeah. He's done a character, and so like maybe that's why these two films. Oh, they did the fourth one too. So I can't say that he's done four. He did. You know, he's this is definitely four. the only one he's done all, all four, four of. Films, well, he's going to go. and gonna, five. He's, yeah, he's going to be doing the. He signed on for five well, too. So. At this point, he has to. Well, yeah. You, how could you not? Um, so let's talk about the year in movies, Indiana Jones and the last crusade. First of all is, is box office wise, the third highest grossing indie movie behind Raiders and Crystal Skull. Um, it it is, but you know, it makes, yeah, yeah, Crystal Skull is obviously going to be the highest grossing because it it was a 19 year wait. It it really could have been the worst movie ever made and it would still just for the wait. That's true. Why it didn't make more than Raiders, I'm not really sure. Because I would think the franchise would have been built up such a fan base by then that it would just. But I know it did come close. It was 197 million to Raiders, 212. Oh, okay. So it wasn't like a big gap. Pretty comparable then. Um, Temple of Doom is the last with only 179 million. Hmm. But Crusade came out 
Um, May 24th, 1989, went on to gross $197 million in the U.S., $474 million worldwide. Um, other movies... Well, I clicked the wrong thing. Whoops. The other movies out that week include See No Evil, Hear No Evil at number two, oh. Field of Dreams at three, oh, Roadhouse cool. at number four, Roadhouse. Pink Cadillac debuted at number five that week, Canine six, Pet Cemetery seven, oh. Major League eight, Rain Man nine, and number ten was Scandal. They made eight Major League movies? <laughs> oh, sorry. No. Nah, <laughs> Major League dash number eight. <laughs> and I didn't say it, but Indiana Jones did debut at number one. Now... That's I that's amazing that this because I was I, I I looked up towards the end when you guys were talking about Temple of Doom mm-hmm. the other week. Yeah. I uh, you guys talking about the Natural? Yeah. So it was amazing that like uh, on Memorial Day five years later is another baseball movie, Field of Dreams. Yeah. The huh. Same weekend with it, like Indy's destined to go up against baseball movies. So I think there's a there is an argument to be made. For 1989 being one of the best years in film for the 80s. Oh, yeah. Um, this is the year in gross um, for this year, 1989. No, the number one movie was Batman, Michael oh, Keaton. Oh, Michael Keaton's Batman. Number two, Last Crusade. Okay. Oh. Three, Lethal Weapon 2. All right. Four, Look Who's Talking. What? That's good too. Five, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Six, Back to the Future Part 2. Oh, Seven, okay. Ghostbusters 2. Eight was Driving Miss Daisy, nine is Parenthood, and ten is Dead Poets Society. Read those last ones. It was Driving Miss Daisy, what? Parenthood. Parenthood. And then Dead Poets Society. Oh, those are all good movies, too. And then that's right. just the top ten. When you reach out from there, you got When Harry Met Sally, The Little Mermaid, Christmas Vacation, Turner and Hooch, Uncle Buck, uh, Pet Cemetery, I already said, Star Trek V, Major League, Field of Dreams. Yeah. There's so many... Great movies that came out in 1989 specifically. Almost all of these, yeah. I think there's a good argument for that being the best year in film for the 80s. All these are exactly the movies that I watched growing up. Yeah, same. Like, I look at it and I go, this 1989 clearly had a huge impact on my uh, film taste. Were you born in 89? I was born in 90. Ah, see, I'm going to take credit for all of that as the only person in this room born in 1989. You came in at the dead end of it. (laughs) It doesn't count. I claim that. Most of these movies were out before you even were. I claim that. (laughs) <laughs> I claim, I claim that, year. that is my year. You're welcome. Indy was May. Batman was June. Back to the Future Part Two. You can claim that was November, although you weren't here for the first one. <laughs> Ghostbusters Two was June. Nah. Still claiming. Nah, 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 nah. Though, still a lot so of sequels. We have so many sequels. The '80s is when we're really hitting a stride for sequels in Hollywood. Well, it was around. I mean, it was the '80s where where uh, the sequel. That I guess yeah really took off because I mean George Lucas's Empire Strikes Back was I think yeah. at the time the most successful sequel ever. Oh, well, we had a wrong about that. Well, we had a request recently from a fan to uh, do more sequels pre nineteen eighty, and I told him, well, the problem is there's not that many. And we we random we have a randomizer, <laughs> so we add movies to the list when we think of them, but. The, the fate falls where it falls. Oh. And there's just not that many options pre-1980. Hey, but they're asking, oh, pre-1980. That's the thing. When did Godfather like, come out? Uh, 1970. Like, like, there are some. There are definitely some. But the majority of the list is 1980 and up. I say we do King Kong and Son of Kong. Son of that's, Kong, I believe, is, the, is recognized as the first Hollywood sequel. <laughs> well, see, that's stuff I wanted to look up and, and need to do. I I should I should say that in this, mo- in this year alone... Steven Spielberg had two movies that came out 
and it was this one and another movie called Always. Mm. It starred Richard Dreyfuss, Holly Hunter, and John Goodman. That sounds like a Steven Spielberg cast. It does. And it's, it's on that list, I think. I didn't see it. I was looking for it. It's on 49, I believe. Well, you were there. 29. 29. I was just 20 off. 29th highest grossing movie of the year. There you go. Also produced by Kathleen Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. They go back, I guess. Oh, I mean, she's, she was involved in the indie movies, too. Well, Isn't it funny how movie. everything comes back? Yeah, she's been with Lucasfilm for a long yeah, time. Yeah, now they're back all under that Disney umbrella. Um, yeah, nineteen eighty nine, amazing year in movies. If if the Last Crusader was going to be beat by anything, I'm okay with it being Batman. That is a yeah. great movie that I am so excited to get to one day. That tri- that uh, uh, we'll get there. I Do consider I that all the quadrilogy. No, I was gonna. I really consider that a, a one and two thing. Oh, Batman, Batman Returns. Just because same director, same right. actor. It's hard to argue that. Well, it's not hard to argue. It's very easy to argue that Batman Forever is in no way, shape, or form related to Tim Burton's totally Batman. To the Schumacher years. That's so, it. no, I consider that a one-two movie thing. So then Forever and Batman and Robin would be... They're good. standalones. They would, well, they would be uh, connected to each other. I would, well, I mean, granted, different Batman. Do they connect? But same Chris O'Donnell. Uh, well, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, same Alfred. Honestly, same Alfred through all four of those that, That's true. Same Alfred is the same, but I still can't. But uh, they, I can't connect but them. But the same director, I think you kind of have to... Look at it as the Schumacher ones, and they go together. Yeah, that's so. true. If you're going to do that, then yeah, one and two are their own, two and three are their own, and then they get good again after that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited to do Batman and Batman Returns someday. Well, Not like excited once. about anything else, Batman-wise, because we've already done the good one. <laughs> yeah. All right, so how do we rank Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade? I have a feeling. I would give it six out of five stars. All right. I love this movie. Oh, my I do the five. I don't think I did five for you didn't Raiders. Well, no, I think you did. No, well, maybe I did, but I don't you think. Did. I think that was just you didn't pressure. mean it. I think it was peer pressure. Peer pressure. Yeah, we're because I because I I was gonna get harped on and I was like I don't want to deal with it today. <laughs> it was one of those where I was just like whatever I'm just gonna go with it. You were gonna get harped on. Yeah, but I think oh. this is the one that you I would have deserved. This, it. I think this is a legit five. So from my understanding, uh, it's uh, out of 70, right? Is it 70 is what I give it. 70 stars. <laughs> um, no, I'm, uh, no, i got to give it the full five. I mean, I would go six, but you did that joke. so Same, yeah, I mean, I give it, stars. it's a five out of five for me, same as Raiders. I can watch um, this movie twice in a row if I had to. Yeah, like, I literally. Well, I was, when we, we turned it on, and I feel like every time I turn on TV, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is on some channel. Mm-hmm. It's always on. This is the one I see on TV. I never see the other two on TV. Yeah, I don't know if there's a reason for that, but I assume it's because it's the best one. I think it's that's the Sean Connery and, and Harrison Ford element. Like, who else is gonna be James Bond's dad? Or I mean, uh, or, uh, yeah. who else is gonna be Indiana Jones' dad? But James Bond it has to be, and he plays it's so fair. and he plays so against the James Bond character in it. It's it's just it's so lovable their relationship and. It's easy to get into. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also like it, it goes along the same lines of Raiders of the Lost Ark. It doesn't age. No, this this movie it has it ages very well. Oh yeah, if they'd set this if if Indiana Jones as a series took place when Indiana Jones was filmed, it wouldn't age. It would it would it would be kind of like a bunch of these other movies that are kind of like forgotten and rebooted all the time. Yeah, because it's set in a an era that predates when they were filming set in the 30s or mm-hmm. the 40s or the 40s or 50s or whenever 
has that timeless feel of like, yeah, well, I'm not supposed to, uh, I'm not supposed to look at it and go like, oh, the technology, oh, in the 80s, yeah. oh, it was so bad. It's like they're not intentionally not trying to recreate mm-hmm. the technology, or the, you know, the t- they're not using the technology of the day. They're using old cars, old, you know, they're riding on horses, all that stuff. So it just has a timeless, great feel to it. Yeah. Well, the only thing left to do now is to, to guess what the tomato score would be. I'm really unsure because I want to go high, but I don't I don't know if that's reality. I want to go – I'm just going to say 95. Okay. I want to say – I do want to say in the 90s. I'm going to settle on uh, 91. I'm going to price this right, you and go 92. Oh, my gosh. I hate it when we do this. <laughs> So what was, can I ask, what was, uh, what was Temple of Doom and Raiders? 85. Both were 85? Uh, no. 90-something for yeah, Raiders. Raiders was in the 90s. I, was. I, can check. Okay. I will say Last Crusade has, I don't know if it's fresh. Uh, is, it, is it certified fresh? I, I wouldn't, I'd be shocked if it's not fresh. What did you say? So you we said, don't go in knowing anything. We're just guessing. Right? You 91. Said, you said he said 95. 95. I said 95. 90, I'll say 94. So 94. So 93 right. and 92 are the only ones that haven't been I was going to say 89, but you guys are no. all so sure it's in the 90s. I'm not. I just feel like it should be. 94. I'm looking 40. At, I'm looking at your face. It's interesting. 88. Oh, you should have gone with your gut. I was going to say 89. Yeah. With an audience score of 94. Oh, well, then I'll take that on. Yeah. The audience, <laughs> I'll take the audience score. 88. That's fine. 88. I guess I get that. It's hard to argue... When a really good movie hits the high eighties, and it's hard to account for what exactly is nostalgia and what isn't. Like how that's much, also true. What's 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 because uh, I yeah like I hold this movie in a really high regard because of the time in which I watched it. So if I was watching it fresh, I don't think any of us watched it fresh, did we? No, no, I wasn't born in so, nineteen eighty nine. Well, I mean, I mean, like this was none of us. This was our first viewing of Last Crusade. No, oh no, no, I've seen it. No. So no. Yeah, it's kind of hard to say. Like, what would I rate it if I was just watching it, watching any of these films for the first time today? I don't know what I would say. Yeah. I think I still have this movie on videotape. I just assume all of your videos are videotape. <laughs> all of your movies are on videotape at this point. It did do what I think we all thought, which was Beta. it was rigged higher than Temple of Doom, but lower yeah. than Laser disc. Yeah, one day you'll upgrade to laser disc. <laughs> there are some laser disc purists out there there are they there exist are. i have a friend who who collects laser discs i need to meet this guy you may cut you this. would like him um you may cut this out but i had something i saved just because i wanted to i wanted to re- i wanted to read it okay. see what you guys think and see how it see if this this strange this this not really strange quote but this how this quote applies if it applies today to the kind of stuff we see these days just from a review or it's something? from a reviewer yeah okay i won't say the name of the reviewer until the end okay but when Raiders of the Lost Ark appeared, it defined a new energy level of adventure movies. It was a delirious breakthrough. But there was no way for Spielberg to top himself. And perhaps it's just as well that The Last Crusade will indeed be Indy's last film. That one ended up not being a totally true statement, but it seemed that way at the time. Mm-hmm. It, would be too, it would be too sad to see the series grow old and thin like the James Bond movies. If... There is just a shade of disappointment after seeing this movie. It has to be because we will never, ha- again, have the shock of this material seeming new. Raiders of the Lost Ark, now more than ever, seems a turning point in cinema of the escapist entertainment that there was, that there was really no way Spielberg can make new all over again. 
What he has done here is try to make, uh, take those same elements and apply all his craft and sense of fun to make them work once again, and they do. That's Roger, Roger Ebert. I feel a lot of that. Um, I disagree with some aspects. I don't... Even with it being uh, not true that that was Indy's last movie, with four having been made and with five in the pipeline, I don't feel like the franchise has grown old and thin. Maybe that's just because they haven't overdone it. Maybe not yet. But it's definitely not... When you look at... In 1989, what James Bond were they up to? Had they made 20 James Bond at that point? No. Uh, they made t- they were no. around 24, 25 now. Yeah. So they, I mean, they made several, but... They didn't reach the 20 pinnacle until about like 1990, 1990, 1990, 1999? Yeah. So they, far enough yeah. past for Sean Connery to be a much older man at this point. Yeah. yeah. So they had done all of Connery's films, and he did mm-hmm. six, right? Mm-hmm. So they had done at least six James Bond films. I guess that was kind of the fear of if they, you know, like, yes, keep it at these three indie movies. But um, he had noted earlier, I don't think I read that part, but he had noted how when Raiders came out, it was so fun because most of the movies were so cynical at that sure. point in the in the 80s. So a lot of action movies were very cynical and, and gritty and sort of bleak. You know, I feel like that's my problem with Temple of Doom. Yeah, Temple of Doom kind of imitates other 80s movies in that it's way. It's bleak. very grim and bleak. It's a very bleak movie. Yeah, that's interesting. I wish... I would love to know what uh, Roger Ebert thinks today. I wish we could know that. Yeah. Because uh, I would like to know, does he still think James, the James Bond franchise has grown old and thin since it's gotten a bit of a resurgence under Daniel Craig? Yeah. We probably could look up his last one. I'm, I'm sure he... he yeah, I don't remember or, when he passed away. He's doing it up till the end, though, the reviews. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, sorry, what? I was just saying he did him up to the he he did reviews like up to the end like he never really retired mm-hmm. so we probably find his last James Bond review. <laughs> yeah, I might do that just for fun just to look that up because he died in April of 2013. But I wanted to read that. Um, so he's so he so there's probably a review of Crystal Skull out there. There's probably a yeah yeah That'll I would, I would assume so. so yeah. yeah, I want to read that because he's one of the few guys him Roper a few other guys. Um, who do who have who are kind of like they have that kind of historian element that mm-hmm. you can go back and you can find reviews for pretty much any movie that was released that has a sequel or has a series of sequels because he's been doing they, he did it for decades yeah, yeah. I mean and, and RogerEbert.com is still a website he's widely, that still has his archive of, of reviews on it so widely cited mm-hmm. you know he's a good and he's a good reviewer and there are, and we get and I kind of I kind of um, I don't I, I don't know if you guys do that very often read other people's reviews but i kind of i thought that was sometimes cool every once in a while kind of interesting take because i feel like we're at a little bit of that these days i feel like we're we're in a very not maybe not the movies are cynical but definitely the audiences are the audience is extremely cynical today yes so yes you know like the movies for us it's very they're they're trying to give us fun back a little my favorite not my favorite my least favorite thing about watching movies today is i can watch a movie come out of it loving it Open the internet and find out everyone hates it. Yeah, and that's a bummer. And and sometimes, sometimes a lot of times you hate it. And sometimes it does turn your mind on it. Sometimes there's reason. Sometimes there's not. Yeah, I won't get into that. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. Um, but I think that wraps up our conversation on the Last Crusade. We good? Right. Anybody else? Any final thoughts? Okay. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, or I, I think David passed the test. It was a good well, of course I passed the test. Look at me. <laughs> I don't know. I'm the only Listen one who, who spoke up. Listen to me. This is, I, this is a, the voice of an absolute best of Tulsa. 
award right here. <laughs> okay, just come on in and claim that. Yeah. Speaking you know, of, you can always go back and cut it if it doesn't happen. But you know, speaking of. You can vote for us for Best Podcast at the Tulsa Voice Best of Tulsa Awards by visiting thetulsavoice.com slash BOT. We sure would love your vote, like we mentioned in the front of the show. Voting is open until February 28th. We are question number 60. Yes, number 60. (laughs) Pick so many sequels when you vote, when you submit your ballot. Uh, Outside of that, you can find us online at somanysequels.com, facebook.com slash somanysequels, and on Instagram, just search somanysequelspod. Uh, you can find uh, our show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on SoundCloud, on Google Play Music. If you want to listen to us on any of those, do it. Uh, tell your friends to find us there, too. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Until next time. Why are you sitting here resting when we're so near the end? <laughs>